Let's talk about children, people with little kids. This headline says the high cost of childcare are forcing more toddlers to work their way through preschool. This is a very <laughs> sad tale. <laughs> According to a new report that came out Friday by the Center for American Progress, the high cost of childcare is forcing more toddlers to work their way through preschool. The cost of childcare is has gone way up across the country and a record number of kids as young as two years old have been looking for part-time and even full-time jobs to cover the cost of their preschool tuition. This is a very sad thing to yes. have to tell you. The jobs range from washing dishes in the, in the uh, school, school um, cafeteria to tutoring their peers in rote counting and fine motor skills. At two years old, that's a lot for a kid. Yeah. Uh, they got to cover things like the cost of, of, of their snacks and picture books, and that comes out of their own pocket. Even if they spend 30 hours a week doing janitorial work, they could still end up graduating under a pile of debt. At press time, millions of kids have dropped out of preschool every year because they just can't get a job to pay for it. And that is sad. Wow. Are there, is there no more kids, need for chimney sweets? I guess, I guess not. <laughs> oh, yeah. But they, they would fit. That. That's the point. But a two-year-old kid having to do custodial work just seems a little bit much. But their parents can't do it, so they're going to have to work their way through school. <laughs> it's, it's, it's pretty hard on them. Uh, Wesley has quotes. Are kids lying? Is this what it is? Yeah, this this is a thread on Twitter that started uh, by this Twitter user called LL Cool Tweet. <laughs> it started this whole thing by saying, I made my bed and found a half-eaten stick of butter in it. When I asked my child if she had put anything in mommy's bed, she said... I did not put butter in it. The mystery continues. <laughs> yes. This, this started the thread that uh, carried on. An Anon said, my late uncle once called his school to call in sick, pretending to be his dad. He started the call like this. Hello, this is my dad speaking. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> that's like Cameron in Ferris yeah. Bueller calling in. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Rooney. Mr. Rooney. God, my kid can imitate that him so bad. So Grace. Grace. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. So other times kids got caught and completely denied it. Uh, Jennifer says that she saw socks on my kiddo's nightstand and noticed they were stuffed with something. I asked her what was going on with the socks, and she promptly replied, there are definitely not any potatoes in those socks. <laughs> Spoiler, there were definitely potatoes lie. in yes. those They'll socks. learn. Yeah. That's right. This is uh, Hall 35 some says it was this is my favorite story about my sister long before I was born. My other my sister was six or other sister was seven. They were released from school early. So as a treat, mom took them to the then new Burger King in town and told them don't tell their dad. Later, dad arrived home and the younger sister proceeded to proudly tell him with a smile. Daddy, we didn't go to Burger King. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh. Uh. Let's Problems. see, this one says that uh, 
I, I was a pretty clever kid, says uh, Hanoi. I once successfully framed my baby brother for carving his name at the coffee table, but my mom <laughs> was not. She uh, One time as a kid, my mom decided that she wanted bangs, so she cut them and then very carefully cleaned away every single hair, perfectly covering up her crime. Then my grandmother came home, took one look at it, and immediately knew what she'd done, and it took mom years to figure out how she got busted because she'd cleaned everything so carefully. That's hilarious. <laughs> Unawares. Yeah. I like that, though. User Moria says, when my son was three, he pushed the fire extinguisher in the kitchen, filled up with a mist. My husband and I were freaking out. Where is this coming from? What is it? My son said, pointing to the fire extinguisher, I didn't touch that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, push it, says, my son once opened all his Christmas presents while I was at work, and I oh, asked God. him why he did it. Oh. He said, the strangers did it. I told them not to. Mm-hmm. I remember one Christmas a long time ago, we had um, a little outdoor shed type house thing or, mm-hmm. where you stored stuff. And in the window, my father had not given this too much thought, but he had stacked a new turntable and some other items in the area by the window he hid them very badly (laughs) so i so i looked in that window and saw some of this stuff and i remember that i somehow tried to be very casual about the fact that i uh, didn't expect to get a turntable this year or, or really anything else and he gave me this look like you little <laughs> you already know what's in there. Oh. Yeah, oh, we've all been caught at that one before. Yeah. Let's see. Jackaral user says, uh, I once as a kid stole a sip of beer and then ate a load of mints. I then went up to my mother and told her that I haven't had any beer. You can smell my breath. Oh, my God. <laughs> Bad move. Dumb kids. Funny. Future criminals. That's right. And this one says, I swear to God, this just happened to me last week, except instead of a half a stick of butter in the bed, it was three quarters of a piece of Papa John's cheese pizza floating in the toilet. Oh, yuck. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, and one, there's one more here that I want to... You got to cover your tracks, man. Yeah, you do. And they're trying. They're trying. And then just to wrap this whole thing up, at uh, Bungenhagen15 says a thing that he did that uh, he got busted doing and then denied. He once uh, had this piece of chocolate cake that was he just took from a cake that was sitting on the counter, and his mom caught him and put him right in, you know, asked him about it. And she said, he said, no, I didn't have it. She took me to a mirror, chocolate all the way up my cheeks, and I still denied it. It was my way. Deny, deny, deny. I will tell you, though, from from my own experience, as I try to be not messy, I mean, because I'm I'm kind of a neat freak, but my wife is um, not a neat freak, but she's constantly, you know, vacuuming, because of animals and wiping off counters, um, these granite tops, or all these things we have that keep things, you know, shiny, and the fridge and the stove are all that stainless steel stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I, I have a, I have a tendency, as many men do. I don't know why we do this. Sometimes when you're in a urinal, 
I put my left hand up on the wall. I don't know why. I'm not trying to like prop myself up. Yeah. I, I mean, I, <laughs> but I do this, she says, all the time. And I leave handprints on the fridge. Uh, and if I, oh. if, so if I open. You pee in the fridge? That was, that was my question, <laughs> too. Well, I don't want that really, that isn't appropriate for right now. Uh, like that guy that peed on the all the uh, sandwich meat at a Walmart. That is what I do. But if I open the fridge and I touch the thing, it leaves handprints. Okay. Yeah. Or if I open up either side of it, it leaves whatever's in my hand, some kind of funk on it. So I've learned at night before I crash, I wipe the fridge off just to make sure that I don't... And I try not to leave peanut butter or jelly or cream cheese or anything laying in the floor where I've dropped it. <laughs> I try always, to always yeah. cover my tracks. That's helpful. Yeah. So yesterday morning, I was had an English muffin. I put peanut butter on it and cream cheese and wiped up the tracks. I spilled some coffee on something. I wiped that up. <laughs> and I went downstairs later on. And she said... Um, why was there peanut butter in the toilet down here, or on, <laughs> or on, on the top? I, I said, "Oh, what do you mean? Like, like I, I'm acting." I said, "I, I didn't eat peanut butter out of the damn commode." She said, "Well, I saw this wad of something on the toilet, and I was afraid to touch it." <laughs> and probably so I wiped safe. it off, and I said, "I don't have any. I didn't carry this thing in there." And didn't mean to put peanut butter on it intentionally. So I'm, I'm like a child having to cover my tracks. I have no idea how <laughs> no it got idea. there. These damn cats uh, are eating peanut right, butter in the sure. bathroom again. That's meow, hilarious. Meow, meow, meow. That's hilarious. <laughs> Minter pigs. Here is why everyone should learn to play poker. Okay. <laughs> how about that for a little setup there? This guy that wrote this piece is the CEO of Axios, which is a news service that I use, which is, they do news and stories in brief. They don't seem to have any kind of a leaning right, left, uh, or whatever that means anymore. They just do stories about the cultural impact of stuff and lifestyle kind of stories and things like that. So they put this one up. The poker table is a classroom filled with individuals and invaluable life lessons. You learn to read people when you play poker. Doyle Brunson, famous poker champ, said, show me your eyes, and you may as well show me your cards. If you do this long enough, you'll begin to read people's eyes and twitches, what they tend to do and their style, their strengths and weaknesses. Think of poker as a fun way to sharpen your emotional intelligence. How about that? Mm -hmm. Number two, you learn luck. Poker is skill 100% and luck half of the time. <laughs> skill yeah. all the time, luck half the time. Okay, okay. Yeah, I see it. That's Phil Helmuth, another famous champion. So much of success flows from getting the right break at the right moment and being prepared to pounce on it. Poker shows you how skill can help you win, but only by riding the rhythms of luck can you win big. So you must recognize luck when you see it 
and chase it. You learn to see fact patterns. Life like poker has an element of risk. It should not be avoided. It should be faced. Actor Edward Norton said that. Most people, if you watch closely, are predictable in poker and in life. You can almost always guess how somebody will respond in good or bad situations like they do with good or bad cards. That's a good point. The cards in the deck, 52 of them, are wildly unpredictable. There's a set number with a concrete hierarchy and a knowable chance of success or failure. Same for most big life decisions with uncertain variables. Hmm. Hmm. Learn to navigate high pressure. Competition, there's just something about it, amplified by a few pennies at stake, that plays with your mind. Your blood pressure spikes competing Impulses race through your head. Instinct grabs hold. This is in most hands of poker and most tense moments in your life. Your brain learns to to, uh, navigate these moments through trial and error. Number five, you learn when to quit. Know when to hold them and know when to fold them. (laughs) Know when to walk away and know when to run. Kenny Rogers, the gambler. The biggest mistake that, that, that poker players make is the same one we all make in relationships, jobs, and bad habits, not knowing when to quit. Sometimes life deals us bad cards. Sometimes we play good cards poorly. Recognize your own weaknesses and tendencies helps to limit the number of dumb moves we all make. That's true. That's a that's a pretty good little uh, breakdown there, isn't it? People are predictable. And you can play the game if you play it right by learning their patterns and how they do. And it, if their eyes are a dead giveaway, well then they're screwed. So, <laughs> yeah. it hmm, interesting. It made me flash on one of the scenes in the Maverick movie that Mel Gibson did with Jody oh, Foster yeah. and James Garner. Yeah. 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 And, and he sits down at the poker table with some new people and says, okay, uh, I, I never cheat. Uh, I rarely bluff and I promise to not win for the first hour. And they all, <laughs> they, they all welcome him to the table and it's a montage of him, of the other players doing their turns and he'll do ridiculous stuff like have his cards turned, you know, facing outward or, or, dropping a card or just acting ridiculous and then he it, it shows him checking the time at one point and he wins big and they get into a fight about it other stuff happens but he ends up saying what do you think i was doing for the first hour i was reading and learning your tells and he exactly. goes down each person other to the table said when you have a good card you do this when you have a, a rotten hand you always do this that's what i was doing and that's how i won see that would... is yeah that's why when espn started to show poker (laughs) I thought boy the end is near and they have no programming but the more you watch it and many of these guys who are champions that win over and over and over again you watch them at these tables and they wear sunglasses to avoid their eyes being able to be read and they Mm -hmm. wear caps over their eyes and they stay pretty you know straight faced because if you give a, I mean, if you have those those tells, you're screwed. Yep. 
But Maverick, but th- th- that was a great movie, underrated because James Garner was again. was the first Maverick on the TV in the TV yeah. show. Yeah. Oh yeah. And then Mel and uh, Jodie Foster. That was a really, really good, good little movie. <laughs> you do have to be careful though. If you're wearing sunglasses playing poker, don't get the mirrored kind. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Very good. Suck. All right. So learn to play cards, and that will help you learn to deal with people better. Maybe. <laughs> It's worth a shot. It's worth the risk, right? It's just all about gambling, so why not try it? True. All right, I want to hear this. I bought a bag of oranges yesterday. They were $5, and I'm trying to think. what They they had four different kinds, but I bought these, and I don't know why I bought them, but I have them. There's one laying right here. (laughs) To eat, I hope. Uh, I'm going to learn to juggle this week. (laughs) Using the wind chimes. (laughs) That's so, his, new, his new fun thing. Okay, the headline to this story that Sid has is that eating an orange in the shower is good for you. Why? I thought the same thing and wondered and was curious, and somebody started this trend on Reddit or something, uh, or maybe just simply eating in the shower or eating an orange, and it doesn't say what kind or anything. It doesn't matter. But they described the feel-good experience of shower oranges and so now people have done it on tiktok i mean i don't know Bullshit. if it's nakedness but but it it the this dietitian talks uh, to on huffington post about how it, uh, you know she saw a video of someone peeling an orange in a steamy shower with mellow music and no real context as to why but that it looked really relaxing and it, you could almost smell the orange from watching the video because it's steamy. Okay. And so she tried it. Well, she, she actually kind of agreed that it's, you get energized, you get motivated. The citrus smells do something to you hmm. that kind of just give you a boost of energy. Um, you know, whether it's a gray day or not, but th- that's what oranges can do. And then you're, it's, it's, it, it, it intensifies because of the hot water. And then it's, you know, it's, it's not bad cleaning up because, you know, oranges can be messy and drippy and wet and stuff and gross, but not in the shower. You just rinse your hands off. But the aromatic citrus scent, peeling an orange in a steamy shower, she says, helps release that energizing aromatic citrus scent. And it helps you like wake up and have energy and i mean citrus does smell great there are so many citrus candles and sprays and you know always out there at the store i just bought um candles from new orleans candles uh, orange vanilla mm, and they smell really good well i wonder about and this is an interest so citrus is the key and the steam of the orange creates an energetic smell well, yeah, I, yeah, I fully believe in um, um, the therapy that you get from the aromas of stuff. I I totally buy that because we burn candles. I have one up here going all the time in the bedroom. There's one all the time. Well, not um, in the kitchen, but there is something about the smells. I have, I have one of those little things that burns the you know wax pieces too. In, oh in yeah, the bathroom. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Aromatherapy is for real yeah so this is the concept i guess right yeah yeah yeah. and and i mean this one somebody else says eating eating oranges in the shower reminds her of you like they use essential oils i guess in saunas yeah I yes definitely I don't, I don't do saunas but or or when you put cucumber slices over your eyes in a steam bath just 
just you know an aromatic experience of eucalyptus is one they use yeah. in you know steam rooms um, yeah and that helps yeah, open so. up your head so yeah i think that i the, love the smell of oranges that's the concept yeah 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 so so are. get you some oranges and uh you know wash your your stuff off and maybe you'll be inspired <laughs> don't put an orange down there but you'll be clean but you can't just you know rag off and eat the orange that won't work so oh, oh no you gotta, you know, you gotta do do it the right way. Yeah. I guess I Separate. should go on and bathe sometime because I'm 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 getting too tired to even shower. <laughs> That's not true, but it's I I dread it. I don't I don't want to get wet because it it just gets on my nerves. So ragging off, I think, is the best way to go about it. So you don't stink. You gotta do at least yeah, that. Yeah. Get some baby wipes or you know alcohol wipes. I think baby wipes pets. are the answer wipes, because yeah. now. Because Wes had some concerns about me, uh, you know, flushing this stuff down the toilet. Don't do but that. Now no, you can't. No, you, don't yes, you can. Because no, you, you can't. Look. They lie. You can't flush. It's a marketing lie. Wesley. No, no, you're wrong. Uh, there's a, a new, there are about four different lines now. They are 99% water. And they dissolve like tissue paper. And if you buy the right ones, I'll buy the ones that say do not flush. Don't flush them. But they right. have brand new ones that are mainly water based, and All they right. just they just they just turn into dust. Five dollars like more, dust. probably. <clears throat> nope, they're actually cheaper. All right. Well, when Huggies you need a plumber, has one, and Pampers has one, and I got a plunger, man. <laughs> I know. I hate. Got my own little plunger, so I'm not worried about it at all. And if it backs up, I'll call a plumber. There you you have I'm the not going to worry about it. Poopery, you poopery, poopy. You have the poop. No, you have the poopery too, don't you? That spray, if it backs up. Uh, <laughs> no, I have Lysol and Febreze up here because I get yelled at because it smells like like cigarettes because all these cats now are smoking. So <laughs> that's the problem. Well, you know, awesome. Life is hard. All right, back to some stories from real life. Customer horror tales. I, each time I go someplace to buy something, there is a tale to be told when I get home <laughs> from some dumbass that, I mean, I was in a store the other day and I, I try to avoid buying and eating processed meat, um, but I was buying these, you know, wraps that are like little bitty uh, tortillas and they're, it's turkey or ham and vegetables and cheese, but they're so overpriced. I said, you know, because they're six bucks a piece. And you can buy decent, you know, either turkey or ham from a deli that is still processed, but it's cheaper. So you got to, you know, I guess you got to kind of pick your poison. Uh, I was in a store, I won't say what it was, and they put out this fresh meat every day, fresh allegedly. And they have it in the same place. And they had a, this stack about two inches high of some kind of a bologna. And bologna is made up of hot dogs and the same content like pig lips and rat shit. Ugh. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so I passed on that. Then there was one that was also a huge packet for under five bucks. Spicy lunch loaf. Okay. And I thought, Spicy what's what kind of, what's, what's in this? And I thought, nay, nay, nay. I found some turkey with about five pieces for five dollars so I, I bought the turkey and passed on the spicy loaf 
Just the word loaf and meat, I'm not buying it because I Oof. have a horrid vision of what it is. So out, so Ixnay on the eight May, I'm not buying that crap because <laughs> uh, it's disgusting. Uh, but sometimes right. you will just want a you know quick kind of a sandwich and the right kind of bread that you know twelve grain bread or some of that locale bread is it tastes like cardboard but it's probably better for your bod I don't know but customer service and horror stories uh, the self checkout I think is going to lead someone to go on a killing spree because <laughs> it's so I annoying. love it I. It adds to my stress and my angst, and I and if you if you learn how to do the thing, if you have produce, you got to push the buttons and figure it out. I don't have yeah. time for that much thinking. First world. I problem. don't need it. It's too much stress. <laughs> I don't well, want to do. That's fine. It. Going going in in line and having a person do it keeps a person in a job. So, and he, if you buy that. beer, you got to stop and think, and that's right. Ask your birthday and uh, your Find mother. No, go away. Ring you up. <laughs> but there's always an issue everywhere you go. It's without fail. Something is messed up. Customer horror stories. Wesley has chosen some to yes. share. Go. And these are the different pers- a different perspective from what you were talking about. These are horror stories where the horror came from the customer. Okay. Okay. And this this first one sets it up nicely from Chloe, who says, "If you're wondering what it's like to work in hospitality today, a cu- customer complained that her milkshake had milk in it." Proximus <laughs> <laughs> says, "Never has there been a bigger people. lie than the customer is always right." I have seen with my own eyes a customer ask for. I'm sorry. I have seen with my own eyes a customer ask a Burger King worker for a Big Mac and McFlurry. Sometimes the customer isn't always God. right. Sometimes they're fucking stupid. <laughs> I will have to interrupt you and tell you this. I've, I have done this before. Um, one of the most embarrassing moments. That I, well, not, not embarrassing. My kids were littler. Well, that was a long time ago. It was Halloween. And I had been out with them uh, around Cooper Young for two hours. I was at my wit's end. Yes, and they wanted some real food. So what? Do you, so it's like fast food time, drive through. So I went to Burger King, and I pulled up in the drive through thing, and I ordered. If I remember correctly, I ordered two Happy Meals at Burger King. <laughs> Whoops! And the person on the microphone said, "This is not McDonald's; it's Burger King," and I was so agitated. That I embarrassed myself and my kids by saying, fuck you, I'll go to McDonald's then. And I sped through the drive-thru. And my kids were mortified then laughing hysterically as I was sweating and cussing inappropriately. I was so pissed off, I didn't know where I was and ordered a Happy Meal and told the guy to F off. I bet it happens all the time to them. And others. Either that or you're one of these stories coming up later on. And I had a short fuse <laughs> and I shouldn't have acted like that. But that's how my kids learn to cuss. And I learned to cuss from my dad. So it, we, it all passes down. It passes and, it was, and it was always in the car when I heard these profane rants. And I do it to this day. All right, now back to you. It's easy yep, to. speaking and carrying on with the theme of fast food, Joe says that uh, I was working at Subway and welcomed a customer in who said, hey, how long is the foot-long sandwich? <laughs> oh, God. 
Seriously? Remember that somebody was out there with a measuring stick uh, in yes. one of the Sioux subway? Yeah. Because oh. it wasn't a foot long. Right. Kaylee says, uh, the customer asked for mozzarella sticks. I told them, I'm sorry, we're out right now. The most similar thing we could have would be the cheese curds. Customers, is that mushrooms? No, it's cheese. People are cheese curds. Those are so good. Human uh, rice is so done. This is another one in food services. Back on the line after a break, my friend is pouring soup from the warmer through a strainer and into a bowl. A defeated look on his face, so I ask him what's up. He's just shaking his head. He says, look at the order uh, sheet. It said, small French onion soup. No onion. <laughs> God, do people have a brain? No. Kira, Kira We're going to all die very soon. <laughs> Kira for Customer Horror Story says, I hate it when a customer in retail says, why they have y'all working on holidays? Bro, because you hear. Because uh, you're here, exactly. <laughs> Dang. Oh. This exchange comes from uh, someone named Parasocial Distance Scene. This one says, her walks into the store smoking the cigarettes. I go, excuse me, but no, I'm just looking. Certainly, but you're not actually allowed to smoke in here. It's fine. I'm not from here. Still, though. And she gives me the look. Mm-mm. Get out. Lola says, the customer asked to order the filet mignon. I said, yes, would you like that cooked medium? And the customer says, what do you mean? I thought the filet was fish. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> the grand unwashed. Uh, I know. And then one more here from this, uh, the Fun Facts feed, I guess. 9.57 p.m., the phone rings at the store. I give the store name and say, can I help you? Yeah, y'all open? We're open till 10. This is like three minutes from now. I'll be there by 10.30. Cool? No, we do close at 10, so come on, man. Y'all ain't doing nothing. You can stay open. 10.15, tops. I can't do that, sir. Oh, Click. my God. People probably really do that. Oh, sure. Oh. I, and you I wonder used... why robots are taking over the world. Yep. This is why, right here. I... I, I didn't work in fast food, but I worked at a place where sometimes there would be coupons and people would call and make an order and just say it'd be eighteen fifty. Well, I, and they'd say, okay, well, I have a $3.50 coupon. How much will it be now? Did you freaking take fourth grade math, bitch? <laughs> Sorry. I'm not even kidding. Oh, I didn't work in fast food. Ugh. My first job as a child, I was probably 12, and I cleaned up. Uh, the parking lot of a burger joint in Murray, Kentucky. Fun. And my and my dad drove <laughs> me to this gig, and I don't I don't know how long I did this, but it Little wasn't dirt. very long. But I was out there picking up papers and stuff now, in this burger I, place. Do you mean like not very long, as in you worked it for a couple of weeks, or not very long, as in you left before lunch? Two Both. Hours. Okay. <laughs> Half hour, I'm done. By two weeks, I'm gone. By. Oh my god, I hate that. Oh. Yeah, I, this is why people don't leave the house anymore. <laughs> this is why the drug use and alcohol use is is on the it's rampant because people oh. are stupid and you can't deal with them. Mm-hmm. Okay, this list of singers, uh, two hundred singers spanning a hundred years. Wesley says, "Where was this story? Where's the what's the origin of it?" It's uh, Rolling Stone. They do this sort of thing. Oh, regularly. they're in the list. Yeah, yeah, and so stuff to they, bitch about. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, like I said, it's a list, so it's there to be controversial and argumentative and uh, to to make people talk, I guess. Let's argue. Go. 
All right, <laughs> number 20, because we're not going to do the whole 200. Now, is there anything that jumped out at you after number 20 and you went, what? Uh, yeah, but I, I would have that would take me backtracking through this whole list. So genres here are mixed, correct? Oh, yeah. Yeah, because at number 20, you've got Marvin Gaye. Right. Hard to argue with that. Yeah. Okay. 19, Frank Sinatra. Well, now that that one you could bitch about for a long time. Uh, he is has been singled out for how many years as being... Um, Frank's big thing was his phrasing, the way that he sang the words, the way that he uh, he he pronounced things differently and with more emotion. So at 19, that seems a little bit light, but he's been out of the business and dead for a long time. So I guess the deader you are, the less important you are to the, to the the current people. (laughs) To the contemporaries, maybe so. At 18, Celia Cruz, the Afro-Cuban Santero singer. So they're going to be all inclusive here of everybody who ever opened their mouth, black, white. Well, uh, well they said yeah. singers, so you know, they okay. didn't say rock singers or any type of genre. Yeah. Right. Elvis comes in at number seventeen. Was Elvis a great singer, or was well, he a great brand? He was definitely a great I brand. Think both. As as for a singer, uh, apparently there was at least sixteen people better than him. Uh, yeah, I'm just trying. There, there were times he was a great singer. Can't help falling in love. Yeah, love me tender. Some of those things, but as time went by, he got to be less. Well, okay, at least he's top twenty. Yeah, sixteen is Prince on this list from Rolling Stone. Can't really argue with that. He was very versatile. He could do anything. Now, this one's going to cause some talk. At 15 on Rolling Stone's Greatest Singers of All Time, Bob Dylan. Well, uh, I think maybe that is not parallel, but it's akin to Frank Sinatra in the way that he sang. Right. And depending upon the album he did, he sang differently. There are some albums you can't understand a word he's saying. Some albums are it's with there with great clarity. He enunciates, uses great emotion in his voice. Um, but I guess a contrarian could argue that he can't sing. He's kind of speaking the words. I don't know. That one's up for debate, but it will. That's the whole point of the list. Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Freddie Mercury comes in next at number fourteen on the best singers list. And uh, I think a lot of people would probably want to put him higher just on his range of nothing else. Maybe. Um, once again, we're mixing genres here. Sure. But yeah. um, I guess you look at things like Bohemian Rhapsody, things that really required skill. Uh, who sang the backup harmonies with him on stage? Brian May? Uh, Brian May, yeah. And... Yeah, I don't think, uh, what's his name, Roger did... Uh, or John Deacon, either of John, them. Uh, John Deacon. Roger did do some backup vocals, but uh, not uh, John Deacon. Well, old Freddie was pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Coming in at 13 on Stone's top 200 singers list is Patsy Cline. So, yeah, we're getting all genres here. 
Well, it's hard to argue with that either. She had a limited career. Um, mm-hmm. She's in that category. Let me ask you this. Is um, Roy Orbison yet to come? Uh, let me scroll. I saw him at like number 71 because I'm kind of looking at this list between the okay. 50s and the 70s. Yeah. I just watched a, a, a documentary over the holidays. In fact, a, a couple about the traveling Wilburys. And um, him and George Harrison and Tom Petty and Dylan and, and uh, Jeff Lynn. And they watched him work. And he, he was a really, really quiet and shy and a, a, a bashful man. But you saw him uh, recording some of these tunes. Took him one take and he was done. And it was <laughs> magnificent. And they referred to him as one of the best all-time singers that they'd ever worked with. But, of course, he's old, dead, and gone, too, so he's down the list. Patsy Cline? Uh, yeah, I guess so. Yep, Crazy? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Okay. Twelve on this list is uh, John Lennon. As much as I love Lennon, trying to think, uh, yeah, I, pretty versatile. He could change his voice a lot to adapt to 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 a love song and then to you know scream something intensely too yeah yeah i guess you got to put him on there where's paul at, uh paul i looked for paul earlier he was further down the list so he is not yet to come cuz john was hipper i guess in the eyes of rolling stone maybe so and the <laughs> writers are all about 25 years old so there you go little richard comes in at number 11 on this list of 200 singers from stone I wonder how that how people react to that. How do you two feel about Little Richard as a singer? I I think he's fine. I'd never thought of him as a particularly great singer, but uh, a groundbreaking artist, sure. Yeah, Indeed, I, yeah. I agree, and I don't, I don't I wouldn't know his whole catalog, but Lucille, I mean, Tutti Fruity. yeah, Long Tall Sally, Good Golly, Long Tall Molly, yeah. oh yeah, 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 yeah. But does that denote great singing, or is it just a great song? I don't I mean, know. That's, All right, that's, go ahead. that's the point of argument. Coming yep. in at number 10 on Rolling Stone's Top 200 Singers, Al Green. Pretty hard to argue with that, yeah. regardless of the fact that, that he is he is from here. But talk about range. Oh, yeah. 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 An unbelievable range and soul and feeling. Yeah. And despite the short career, Otis Redding comes in at number nine. No way to argue with that. He would have been, mm-hmm. oh, God, he, he was unbelievable. There's Otis and Al back-to-back Memphis. Yeah. <clears throat> Memphis is right there. Mm-hmm. There we are. Uh, we're not on this one at number eight. Uh, Rolling Stone names Beyonce. Sorry. Can't hang with it. <laughs> Never understood it. She's more of a brand, more of a fashionista. I couldn't name one song. Not that I'm being arrogant about it. I just, it doesn't stand out. Uh, to me, there are 10 people that sound just like her. I, I I don't understand it. Not that she's not good, but I I don't. She's more of an emotional brand, again, I think. But I, that, that, that's just me. Moving along, we've got seven. Uh, that position is Stevie Wonders. That's Which is imp- hard to argue. Hard yeah. to argue. He was incredible. Yep. He is incredible. He, he, he He's not dead, so he made top 10. Yeah. Ray Charles comes in at number six. 
Can't argue with that either. And number five on Rolling Stone's top 200 singers of all time, Mariah Carey. Not into her. <laughs> I would, I, if she could put her boobs up and just sing, it'd be easier to take. Now, I, now, you know what, though? That's an arguable point, too, as are all of these. Right. Because before she did stuff, her, her version of, um, of I'll Be There by the Jackson 5 was oh, unbelievably yeah. Yeah. good. And her range, she was just fantastic. She's also one of those singers that spawned a few generations of these over-singing, shrieking divas that can't sing. But she could sing. But to have her that high, I don't know. How about Diana Ross? She's on there somewhere. I saw her. Okay, go ahead. She's not at number four because number four is Billie Holiday. Notice the race of the artists that you have just just mentioned. Otis, Al Green, Stevie Wonder, the soul and the mm-hmm. emotion, the raw emotion and talent and feeling that came out of those people's voices and out of their soul. Because they sure had it. Yes, and carrying on, number three goes to Sam Cooke. There you go again. Mm-hmm. Can't, I can't believe that Kevin Dubrow from Quiet Riot isn't top five. And that, that's just wrong. <laughs> well, there's still two spots left. There's this still time. Yeah. There's okay. still time. Number two, though, is Whitney Houston. Can't argue with that for a second. No. I was never a big fan of her songs, but I, you can't deny her ability. I can yeah. tell you that I have in my weekend nights when I sit here and watch watch videos for hours upon hours, I pull up her version of the anthem from the from the uh, Super Bowl. It is remarkable. Oh, gosh, yeah. And I Will Always Love You uh, just gives you chills every time you hear it. She was, she was great. Drake's and then. <laughs> and what? then at number one on the Rolling Stone list of the 200 best singers of all time, Aretha Franklin. There's a pattern here, ain't there? Uh, there yeah. seems to be one. Is there one rock singer mentioned in that thing? Yeah. No, so I, looked, I looked. Singer the is the word, though. Singer is the operative word. Not performer. Not stage presence. It's the right. voice. And the article says, this is the greatest singers list, not the greatest voices list. Because people were mad about one of them. But I looked between the 50s and the 70s. Tina Turner, Willie Nelson, Mick Jagger, Barry White, Gaga, Brian Wilson, Robert Plant, and Orbison. Just a brief between the 50s and the 70s on this list. Well, once again, these things are done to create debate and discussion. Right. And, and, and that's cool, but I think that that they're honest and accurate in the choices of that top 20, and the majority of, of those people are all soul singers, and you can't argue with that, because white rock singers, from Robert Plant to Mick Jagger to whomever, learn to sing from listening to black music. That's where they got their styles from. So these people laid the groundwork, I think, for many white singers. Where's Tony Bennett? How do you ignore him? Uh, you know, I you got Frank didn't in there. see him. Yep. I didn't see uh, him, but yeah. 
Just the ones that just went real quickly that missed out on the top 20. At 21, Nina Simone. There's Adele at 22. Smokey Robinson. George Jones. Mary J. Blige. Paul McCartney at 26. Dolly at 27. Uh, Mahalia Jackson at 28. Chaka Khan at 29. And Hank Williams at 30. Let's see if I can scroll through here and find where Tony Bennett's. I think that they made an attempt at uh, diversity here, which is fine. Um, yeah, it's it's really hard to argue with Sam Cooke, Marvin Gaye, Al Green, Otis Redding, Whitney Houston, and Mariah Carey I would pick a bone with, but um, no, she can sing. There, There's just too many to categorize like this in a list like this. It's all designed, once again, to make you discuss or right. think. Yeah. But I think that that's, that's a pretty credible list. Why is there no Brett Michaels from Poison? That's just wrong. Um, <laughs> Springsteen is 77. George Michael is on there somewhere. George Michael had a remarkable voice and should have been a lot higher. Springsteen can sing when he wants to, but he's had evolutionary. He's gone from screaming to doing soul. His voice has gotten better over time. If, if, I mean, he's just gotten better and smoother. I don't know. You can bitch about it forever. You know, Bono can sing too. Mick Jagger yeah. can 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 Mick sing, or is Mick just Mick? <laughs> I don't know. You know, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. Who else just, pops up in rock and roll that can that can sing? Cornell is I, number eighty on here. And he I know Ronnie sing. James Dio made mm-hmm. one sixty-five. Steve Perry is eighty-two. I'm surprised because Perry can sing too. Yeah, yeah. Amy Winehouse is eighty-three. One of your least favorite people, and mine too, isn't on here, and that's why people are annoyed. I saw that on your list, and I'm surprised because... I am too. I think that she can sing. I think that her issue, she oversings. And that's the problem, I think, that people like Patti LaBelle uh, introduced to young female singers, is this overreaching, oversinging woe woeing and going as high as you can to show your range um and mariah carey i think was the proponent of all of that for the past 35 40 years they just scream they don't sing and you watch some of these award shows not not the award shows but some of these you know contests and every young lady out there is trying to do mariah carey or patty labelle or whomever can shriek the highest and they learned that from what they grew up hearing, which was Mariah Carey and whomever else. How about Bonnie Raitt? Um, how do you miss her in that? She was on this list. Uh, I just passed her in the 150s somewhere, I think. Oh, wow. Well, Celine Dion is, do we even, even say her name? Um, yeah, yeah, she's the one that was overlooked entirely. Yeah, which is uh, but weird. But she was such a, a, a drama queen... Bless her heart. She has, she's had a really bad life, and she's really mm-hmm. sick now, and it's it's awful. But I guess she can sing. I, I, I mean, I'm not into try, her songs, but she can sing. Some of them just they just try too hard. This should be effortless. Does Al Green sound like he's trying too hard? No. No. Does Sam Cook? Does Otis Redding? No. It just rolls out of their mouth, out of from their insides. Yeah. And Celine Dion did not grow up in the 
ghettos of Memphis either. So that's why she can't sing. She's from Canada. Next. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Sid has some uh, dumbasses, as does does Wes. This guy really isn't a dumbass, I don't think. Uh, But he rents himself out to people, uh, (laughs) and he will do some chit-chat small talk. But that's it. Explain who this, what this guy's doing. Yeah, this guy Shoji Morimoto. He loves his job, but he's he just doesn't try very hard. He's thirty eight, <laughs> and he's a Japanese guy. He 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 offers his services. It says or lack thereof as a so called rent a man. <laughs> he he lends himself out to do nothing. Uh, he doesn't initiate conversation. He does reply to, like, just small talk, I guess, chit-chat, but that's about it. But people pay him to go with them to places because some people don't like to be do stuff by themselves, like go see a movie or go out to eat. Um, he got his start in 2018 when he was unemployed. He opened a Twitter account called Do Nothing Rent-A-Man to advertise his services. And believe it or not, he has more than 200,000 followers. Wow. He says he's amazed at the circumstances and situations of his clients. He says some people are just lonesome. They they feel like it's a shame to go somewhere alone. He books up to three gigs a day and has completed more than three thousand so far. That is sad. I know. He 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 says what he's done in the past with people is like sitting, sharing a coffee in silence, sharing a cake with someone on their birthday going to a restaurant with people or shopping with people. And they pay him for this. And they pay him for this. He has joined a client on a swing set. Okay. Um, Some of the requests he has turned down, like cleaning houses, doing laundry, posing nude, or and becoming (laughs) someone's friend. (laughs) He said, Yeah, some things are just off the list. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not a friend or an acquaintance. I'm free of the bothersome things that accompany relationships, but can ease people's sense of loneliness. Because apparently in Japan, they've recently struggled with managing loneliness and social isolation. Um, uh, in In 2020, the country reported rising suicide rates for the first time in 11 years and appointed somebody called the Minister of Loneliness to help tackle the problem. So I guess that's kind of where, well, he started in 2018. But, yeah, you can just rent the guy. Okay. And who is this broad that uh, robbed uh, somehow or, I guess, was embezzling money from from a Walmart for seven years? What did she do here? I had to read this, like, twice to understand. Um, She and some accomplice, 38- and 35-year-olds, were um, they cashed more than 300 uh, checks. It says nearly a million dollars in checks were cashed uh, at more than 300 Walmart stores. They look like legitimate bank checks, but they were counterfeits. I'm not really sure how this this went down, but they spent the money, 850000 bucks, just about, on prepaid debit cards, including from other <sighs> retailers and on gift cards. Walmart shopping cards and other uh, merchandise that they bought. I don't know how they. I still don't understand like how they this worked. But they're from uh, Georgia, and about seven WalMarts I think uh, were among their victims. They Walmart finally caught on to the scheme. They did this from 2013 to 2019. So there, one has been sentenced to five years in prison for wire fraud and money, la- money laundering charges, and the other three years and uh, 
you know, paying $923,000 or something like that. But how did it take, I don't know how it took that long for them to be caught, but they would. At the end of the year, I mean, your books are done and you see stuff and you get audited and things like that. And they didn't catch this for six years. Yeah, I, I don't it know. Seems a bit I, odd. Yeah, that, yeah. It says so. The the uh, the the police say you know this type of this type doesn't just affect retailers, but also the consumers, in the form of higher prices for goods and services. So they're in jail now. But seven years. Nice going. At, yeah, yeah, I don't know how that works, but they they pulled okay. it off for a while. So Wes has one about a great mom in Texas. What did she do yeah. this for? Say hello to Sarah Beam. She's 41 years old. Sure. She's a teacher in Houston. Uh-huh. And her 13-year-old son had tested positive for COVID-19 a while back. She was taking him to be tested again and brought him up to the uh, place to get tested. And Bevan Gordon is the director of health services for the director for the district, rather, went up to the car and said, so what do you need? Said, Test my son for COVID. Where is he? I don't see him. She was the only one in the car. So Sarah pops the trunk and says, he's in there. Oh Put your God. kid in the trunk? Oh, my God. Why? I wanted to isolate from him because he had tested positive. It's called a mask in the back seat. <laughs> That's weird. <laughs> but that was her story. The, the, uh, the, uh, the director of health services refused to do anything with the kid until she let him out of the trunk. And she also called the police. She's been charged with the... Uh, uh, endangerment of a child. There's no <laughs> records for an attorney for her at this point. And yeah, the school district says, yes, she does work for us, but she is now on administrative leave. It's uh, it, I, I put the kid uh, in the trunk to isolate from, and you're a teacher. This does not add up. <laughs> I, I don't know how the thought processes of people work I, anymore. I, I will just say don't get it. that when mine was like 11 or 12, he had this trunk fascination and he would get in the trunk and just like hang out in there like he would want me to close him he wanted me to drive with him in the trunk before therapy therapy's coming up here (laughs) therapy for the kid but you had the sense to say no i know you're a child this is a child's idea i'm the (laughs) grown-up and no No. it's like building a fort you know you know as you know all kids do with blankets Mm -hmm. and stuff and you build Mm -hmm. a fort Uh, are just easier just crawl in the damn trunk and hang there for a bit it's (laughs) kind of like a fort when we were kids we would get in those metal garbage cans and roll down the hill (laughs) but that's what's wrong with you now this finally comes out oh lord yeah well thank you dumb people for all the content it's just it just doesn't ever stop here's a a good story I suppose Um, this lady is 106 years old Lives up in Philadelphia, and she credits her long and happy and healthy life to two things: uh, her faith and Big Macs. Oh gosh! <laughs> I thought uh, no way. Okay. Uh, um, she turned 106 on Friday. She told uh, some TV station up there that she feels fine. She's a great grandma of nine and a great great grandma of one, and. Um, she uh, just just credits her her uh, faith for keeping her happy, and uh, I guess that she began this trend of going to church on Sundays and then stopping for a Big Mac or two on the way home, uh, and now she eats them whenever she can get them. So um, <laughs> she said, um, 
what is the you know secret besides those two things your faith and Big Macs and she said sweet living okay okay, okay. well that's that, that sounds nice but I don't know how these Big Macs haven't you know put her down because well they oh, do no, taste no. good but it, it just ain't really good for you all right any of your text and comments on any of this is welcome eight seven eight nine four two zero this is Drake digital